for a fraction of the price. You can get a lot more insights from these influencers for a fraction of the price. So it really comes down to the amount of content and insights that we can gather from these influencers. There's also the fact that, you know, these influencers have a very engaged audience and uh, we want to tap into that audience as much as we can. Have you ever wondered, how do you grow a socially conscious and environmentally friendly e-commerce brand online while also making a profit? Yeah, me too. After watching my family members suffer through cancer and heart disease using products by companies that care more about profits than their customers, there must be a better way, right? That's when I discovered an emerging wave of successful, purpose-driven businesses and I knew I needed to be a part of it. So join me as we dive into the stories behind the most inspiring brands in the world and discover the secrets on how they successfully win over the vote of their customers' wallets and grow their business online. My name is Vincent Tanyono and welcome to the e-commerce speak podcast. Welcome to another episode of the e-commerce speak podcast. I'm so happy today because I'm joined here with David Morneau. David is the co-founder at InBeat Agency, where he helps direct-to-consumer brands attract new audiences and also to grow their business beyond seven figures through influencers. And what I found fascinating is that what he does is not the typical influencer marketing, but he specializes in uh, micro-influencers, and which we're going to deep dive into in this episode so make sure get your pens and papers ready. I'm also going to be taking down notes here. And welcome to the show, David. Thank you, Vincent, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. All right, David. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm curious about this. Can you give me a bit of uh, some background? Like, how do you get into this uh, influencer marketing space? Sure thing. So take it four years back. We're running an SEO agency serving local clients, growing shortly, slowly into direct-to-consumer brands and uh serving more and more clients in that space. One of our client approaches us, what we call a better client who accepts anything we propose to them. You know, they're always open to idea. They bring up the idea of micro-influencer marketing to create content because they need a lot of content. We look at that problem and we realize that it looks a lot like SEO. What I mean by that is really, you've got the outreach, the prospecting, the negotiation, the onboarding and so forth. So the kind of a short sales cycle, if you can call it that way. And it seemed to be a perfect fit for our operation. So we started, you know, creating operating procedures around that. And here we are today servicing uh, direct-to-consumer brands and helping them leverage micro-influencer marketing in their stack. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. So I'm curious though, why, why uh, do you focus on the micro-influencers? And you define it kind of like around 2,000 to 25,000 followers. Is that correct? Yep, that's exactly it. So why we focus on micro-influencer is just this, the sheer volume that you can get. You can get a lot more content for a fraction of the price. You can get a lot more insights from these influencers for a fraction of the price. So it really comes down to the amount of content and insights that we can gather from these influencers. There's also the fact that you know these influencers have a very engaged audience and uh, we want to tap into that audience as much as we can. Mm, yeah, you talk about engagement. So how do you like how do you gauge that? Like when you see an influencer, how do you know whether that whether the engagement is good or not? It's a tricky question because a lot of influencers right now are going to be buying followers, buying likes on their posts, buying comments even. You can look up engagement groups and get a good sense of what's going on behind the scene. 
So we do have a, a, a way of checking the audience quality in the sense that if all the comments look the same, it's probably an engagement group. You know, you can, pro you can recognize the patterns pretty easily. And if all the followers are just, you know, bogus, have no profile pictures and so forth, we can definitely uh, establish this influencer as bogus. So that's really how we measure engagement. After that, we look at a, you know, we'll look at for an engagement rate of 3% and beyond um, based on that. And we'll take it from there, really. Mm. So how, how does it usually work with these micro-influencers like for, uh, for direct-to-consumer brands? Do you just like, do you have to pay them or do you just send them the products or how does that work? So really two school of thoughts, right? You can pay them a small, a small amount. We could, we could imagine a couple hundred dollars per influencer or we could give them product with no strings attached in the sense that, hey, we'll send you some product. If you like it, feel free to post. If not, you know, no worries. This is a gift from us to you. And that works really well, especially uh, if your brand has a mission that's, you know, you're standing for, whether it be on a sustainability axis or, you know, what, whatever mission you're standing for, because people want to be part of something bigger. So the product gifting can be a really interesting solution from that part. But if you don't have that luxury, potentially you could just set a budget per influencer that you're willing to pay, calculate what you're looking to get out of it and really just uh, take it from there. Mm-hmm. So how do you approach those influencers? What's the process like? We've built a software uh, to, to find influencers. Um, it's it's, it's uh, under our agency. It's MBCO. It's the software arm of our business. But we use our software to really find influencers in bulk, uh, you know, find their email addresses and outreach to them. So we simply cold email them, ask them, hey, would you like to participate in this? Here's our budget. Here's what we're expecting. Does that sound fair to you? If not, let us know what like you're looking for. And that's really what we do it. We do it at a scale where we'll reach out to hundreds of influencers, say that we want to work with 25, to give an example, to attach this to. Uh, we'll reach out to hundreds of influencers to get a sense of like, okay, what's the market pricing? What are people pricing? And who's way off? Who's charging too much? Who's charging less? And, you know, we'll just, we'll just after that, build our, our roster of influencers based on the prices that the influencers provide us. So what's kind of like the typical price that these influencers uh, want, if, let's say if you're, you're paying them? Can vary from a couple hundred dollars to can vary from fifty dollars actually to you know a couple hundred five hundred six hundred is probably at the top. But it, it, the collaboration will depend on how many posts you're looking for, what kind of content are you looking for, video, are you looking for a reel, are you looking for a TikTok video, what 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 are you looking for exactly, and the frequency, right? Like, is this a one month collaboration? Are you looking to do a one off where they just create one content asset and we call it a day? So that those are really the parameters that are going to affect the pricing of these collaborations. But again, this will vary uh, very heavily based on the industry you're in. And based on that, the best, the best recommendation I can have for people out there is reach out to a lot of influencers as it's going to give you a really good feel for what the pricing is in the landscape. For instance, uh, a fintech app will be uh, charged a premium because the financial space is just much more expensive. Yeah. And that's something to take into consideration. Yeah, so I'm sure you have reached out to tons and tons of uh, influencers, right? So yeah. <laughs> can you share with us like some of the learning experiences that you have that maybe the, the listeners here can, so they, they can avoid it? So clarify your intention before even sending the first email. What I mean by that is what's the goal of the campaign? Are you looking to drive sales? Are you looking to create content? Are you looking to derive market insights? What I mean by market insights, let me elaborate on that because your audience might be questioning what I mean by that. Uh, when I say market insight is like, okay, well, you know, 
Are we looking to sharpen our copywriting and our Facebook ads? And we're looking to ask influencers like, hey, what are the problems you're facing with your cell phone accessories? Like, what was your worst cell phone drop story and so forth, right? We'll ask questions like that so that the influencers provide us with answers that we can then use in our copy, our copywriting and the Facebook ads and so forth. So, and after that, you know, we could also ask these influencers, how was the unboxing experience? What other products should we be selling? What are other products that you would love to see on our website and so forth, right? We just build like a, a marketing research, kind, a market research kind of play by using these micro influencers. So let's go back to uh, if you're looking to drive sales, you're definitely going to want to have a clear call to action in there. What I mean is like, you know, provide them with a coupon code, make sure that the content displays a unique selling proposition of your product, make sure that it's, you know, and you're just going to want to have that in your, your guidelines. If you're looking for content, then this could change a little bit. Maybe you're looking for content to use on your social media. Maybe you're looking for content to use on your e-commerce website. That's also going to change because you're going to need, you know, uh, commercial rights from these influencers and so forth and so forth. So establishing what you're looking to accomplish before going into it is really important. And after that, it's really clear communication. Uh, first email should just lay out what you're willing to pay, what you're expecting, and that's it. Then the influencer knows if they're in or not. And there's there's a lot of influencers right now. So you can get pretty much what you want from these influencers as long as you're perfectly clear about what you want. Yeah. So uh, when you talk about sales, like, is there a way that uh, you can track which are the, which influencers is driving more of the sales and which one is not working so well? How do you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's the promo code usage, which is pretty standard. You give the influencer a promo code with their name or handle and the promo code that they can share with their, their audience. Then you can have an idea of how many times the promo code was used. This model kind of breaks down when we're looking at influencer uh, at product prices that are in the hundreds of dollars, which makes it a lot harder. In this case, I recommend just using a UTM as they're probably not going to buy on the first uh, you know, visit with a promo code. So use a UTM to tag the audience and initial traffic source in Google Analytics. And then there's tons of other uh, platforms you can use for to set up an affiliate program, onboard these influencers to your affiliate and so forth. But generally, that's really the playbook. Mm-hmm. I'm also fascinated when uh, when I was doing my research here that you also have this thing that you call uh, influencer seeding. Yep. So the difference here, if I understand correctly, is you're not paying the influencers, but you're giving away the products for free. Uh, explain a little bit, maybe how does it that work? Sure thing. Process looks something like this. Find hundreds and hundreds of influencers, if not thousands, add them to your cold emailing tool send a message, provide them, tell them that you're willing to give them free product, no strings attached, uh, send the product their way. This works well if the cost of goods sold is low. It can, you know, as you probably imagine, it can break down if you're selling products in the hundreds of dollars. Uh, and then just tell them, like, no strings attached, we're looking to run this campaign. And after that, once they receive their product, ask them how they found the product. Are they, you know, and say, like, hey, were you expecting to post on social media? Just ask questions, keep it light, no hard clothes. And, you know, a lot of people will end up posting, especially if you built a product experience, that's great. And, you know, you can, you can add a handwritten note in the box. You can create custom packaging for these influencers and so forth, right? The goal is really to, to, to personalize the approach as much as possible for these influencers to, to actually feel like the brand cared about them. And, you know, that might incentivize them to post and that's what we're looking for, but we're not looking at a close rate of hundred percent by no means. Uh, so you are uh, telling them that you're going to send them the product first, right? Before you actually send it. 
correct? Is that right? Yep, exactly, exactly. We want them okay. to show interest in it. Of course, ah, okay, just okay. Make sure that what we'll do is we'll send them a, a form for them to fill out with their address and so forth, and we'll send them some product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Typically, what have you found to like motivate them to to say yes? The biggest distinguisher is really having a mission, like giving back to save the oceans, heart health, whatever it is, as standing for something is definitely the biggest differentiator because people love promoting brands that actually make a change in the world. And that, that I can't stress that enough. It's more powerful than, than money, especially with these micro influencers where the transactions are so small, standing for something, representing a brand that they actually can stand behind and not feel like they're shilling their audience. That, that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think especially in, in uh, today's age, many more and more uh, consumers are looking for sustainable options, socially responsible options. So I know like in influencer marketing, there are many different uh, platforms, right? Like Instagram, TikTok, or maybe YouTube. So are there like anyone that works better when it comes to direct-to-consumer brands? Low cost of good sold products, low, low kind of impulse buy purchases, 10 to $40 work really well pretty much on you know Instagram and TikTok amazingly well there's no the 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 sales cycle are extremely short meaning client uh user sees the post is like wow that's cool goes and buy uh more more uh, more detail the products that require more details explanation and so forth YouTube is definitely going to be the place to be where you have a longer placement where you can explain your your product more more thoroughly so you know, that's, it really depends on what the product is and how you can display the unique selling proposition. Well, what, what's the best way to display it? Can you display it in an image? If so, Instagram is probably going to kick it for you. But if you can't, then it, it becomes harder, right? If you, if you just have another CBD kind of gummy company, I, I don't want to bash on CBD gummy companies, but, you know, we've, we've had our fair share of them reach out to us and it's, uh, it's, it becomes hard. It becomes hard, right, to like position it on Instagram because people are, are you know, are are tired of seeing it. But then again, you could probably differentiate it and then find an angle where you differentiate and make sure that you put that forward. So, mm, Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice is having that uh, differentiation. And uh, I kind of want to circle back to just now when you're talking about uh, market insights. And I think that is really uh, an interesting topic because like to get uh, the customers to buy, we re- we actually need to craft like a compelling offer, like an irresistible offer, right? And to to create an irresistible offer, we really need to know like the the audience. So, what is like the process? I, I think there is a unique uh, process that you are doing here with using the, those influencers together, uh, market insights. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure thing. So we we work with uh, again that salmon brand uh, sustainability focused kind of salmon brand that grows salmon in in land in the United States. And you know one of the questions we ask influencers when we onboard them is like, do you like salmon? Yes or no? And you know like on a scale of one to five. Sorry. Uh, and and then after that, if they love salmon, it's like, why do you love salmon? Right. And then it's just a question becomes. They give us an answer and whether it's health, whether it's, you know, and it, it's really interesting, right? And it, it, you get all of these answers. And after, after you ship the product to these influencers, you can do the same, like what was good about our product, right? And then we got answers of like mothers that are like, hey, you know, my kids actually like the salmon and that's the only salmon they like. And it's like, wow, that's really interesting. Can we reuse that across our, like, can we reuse that statement? And then they say, yes, then you've got a marketing piece right there. 
And then you can know like, okay, well, you know, there was too much packaging. Oh, interesting. Why was there too much packaging? Oh, you know, it wasn't as cold as expected and so forth, right? You, you get all of these insights, which allow you to just bring that back to the team and say like, hey, here are some points we can innovate on or we can get better at. And here are some good, good stories that we can use across our marketing material. Additionally, if they love your product, you can ask them to go and, you know, leave a review somewhere. Another, you know, another value you can drive out there. But really, that's really how we see it. A way to uh, gather more, sharpen our copywriting is probably the way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super brilliant because it's like you're like killing two birds with one stone, right? You're getting sales or you're, and, and at the same time, you're getting uh, market insights and you're also getting uh, content, uh, content for your brand as well. So that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's exactly how we see it. That's exactly just a, like a byproduct that's not being used by a lot of people. It's like, well, it's just laying there. It's there, right? It, it doesn't need yeah. that much more work. And it's just there. If you're running a campaign, you've almost got it set up completely. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's really awesome. So for people who want to learn more about influencer marketing or they want to follow uh, your work, David, or maybe they want to work with your agency, how do they do that? How do they get in touch with you? Sure thing. So you can follow me on LinkedIn, add me on LinkedIn, David Morneau, M-O-R-N-E-A-U. That's that's a French name. And, uh, and or you can just send me an email over at david at inbeat.agency and, you know, ask me any question you might have about influencer marketing in general. And I'd love to help. If I can help, I'm going to circle uh, around someone on our team that's going to be able to help. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to leave those links also and um, in the show notes. So make sure you go and check out and follow uh, David on LinkedIn. And uh, David, any final uh, thoughts? Um, any final takeaways before we wrap this up? Or maybe some things that you have in mind that I, maybe I didn't ask? No, that's really it, Vincent. I mean, I think you, you've covered the topic pretty well. Thanks for having me on. And it was really a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, same. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, David. Thank you.